from St. Louis Public Radio. This is St. Louis on the Air. And what this frame does um, is it pulls the mask away from your lips and your nostrils, but still keeps the seal around your face. And there's just nothing like a live performance. It doesn't matter how good the recording is. And we don't normally perform with instruments, but this season, thinking about how we've all had to pull together and help one another, I just thought, let's, let's do something different. I'm Sarah Fenske. The St. Louis Chamber Chorus is back this weekend after a 20-month hiatus. The chorus will perform a Baroque repertoire that includes Vivaldi's Gloria, a new commission from Australian-American composer Melissa Dunphy, and more. The concert is titled We Are the Music Makers, music of Monteverdi, Vivaldi, and Melissa Dunphy. And here's the St. Louis Chamber Chorus performing one of Sunday's selections. This is Claudio Monteverdi's Cantate Domino. That is the St. Louis Chamber Chorus's 2015 recording of Cantate Domino, part of its concert this Sunday. And here to give us a preview is Philip Barnes, the Artistic Director of the St. Louis Chamber Chorus. Philip, welcome back. Thank you, Sarah. Such a delight to be back in person in so, so many ways. Yes, you're back in person. You're back in person here. You'll be back in person Sunday. Does it feel like a long time since oh the chorus goodness. has been able to perform? It really does. I mean, it's a very scary amount of time. I can't imagine anything like this. I wrote in some uh, note to some people that, you know, even in the Black Death, people kept singing. <laughs> this has yeah. been uh, the most peculiar um, pandemic and the most peculiar sort of interruption to what we love to do, what makes us tick. Um, I have a rather tasteless joke, so I'll start I'm ready off for with it. that. Here yes. we go. I mean, so people sort of, where did, where did COVID come from? And in my darker moments, I sort of fondly imagine some sort of fiendish chemist in a lab somewhere who got cut from the glee club when he or she was a, was an undergrad and thought i will have my revenge on these singers if this is the last thing i do and so he you know he or she succeeded i mean what a sort of extraordinary pandemic that singers become known as the super spreaders yeah i mean this kind of takes us back early days of the pandemic this choir rehearsal in march of 2020 um in washington state yep. skagit corral yeah and this is before anything had shut down i mean these people had no reason to know that they were walking into this, this ended up becoming a deadly choir rehearsal. I mean, how much has that been on your mind as you've been trying to figure out when do we come back? Mm. Well, I can't believe that there isn't a you know, that there isn't a director out there who thinks about that. Yeah. Um, such an ex and in fact, some people I think have just given up. They just don't. They can't face the thought. Were you tempted to just give up? I just didn't think that deeply about it. I just kept thinking about what's the next month, the next month, the next month. But I can understand people sort of saying, that's it, I'm done. Yeah. Uh, but I mean, I love to sing and I love 
to encourage people to sing and it seemed that we have to sort of work our way through that somehow and technology and more information would help us and that of course is what has happened so with immense amounts of research and we know so much more now actually about what happens in a rehearsal with singers where the 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 particles go if you will the spray goes and how you can mitigate against that and so hopefully we have t learned all those lessons and we've started very, very deliberately but very cautiously with lots of protocols and our venue, which is Washington University, because they have their own protocols as well. Mm -hmm. And there are other artistic organizations in the city and they have developed this. So the idea is that we can get people making music and appreciating music, listening to music, but safely. And there's just nothing like a live performance. It doesn't matter how good the recording is. Uh, it's just never going to replace the thrill of hearing the music come alive before your very ears, as it were. And so can you do that? Um, you know, we're having this, this Delta variant. Um, you have this, this chorus. How far apart are you keeping people? How are you letting them sing? Yeah. Well, they are somewhat spread not very much because really the thing that matters so much is the vaccination so what we did was we said to all our members um, we're going to invite everybody back to sing on the condition that they've been fully vaccinated and they've had the period of time you know mm -hmm. after the they second baked. shot yeah exactly and that so that's the first thing so um and that and that unfortunately does knock out a few people with uh, you know autoimmune disorders now that we're catching up with that as well. Mm -hmm. We're now developing vaccines for those folks as well. But at the moment, everybody that's performing has been fully vaccinated. And um, then also we uh, moved our rehearsal space to a much bigger venue. And we're very lucky. We've entered into an artistic relationship with Ursuline Academy, which is brand new for us, brand new for them. And I don't know if people are aware of that beautiful campus, but it's got a wonderful new music room, which is quite big with mm. a very high ceiling, which of course is important. And then it has a lovely chapel. So what we're able to do is to split our rehearsals between these two spaces, because the CDC recommends that you don't spend more than 90 minutes in any one venue. So to begin with, I was thinking, I'm only going to have 90-minute rehearsals. But now we can have the full three hours with a little break in between, and we're, in, we're safe in the two different spaces. You move rooms. We move rooms. So you don't get that buildup of, of droplets, is exactly. the idea. That's exactly right. Then the next thing, of course, is that... Um, we all have to sing with masks on. That's a rule. So I, I feel like there's a lot of people in Missouri and Illinois who would say, that is impossible. I must file a lawsuit. Um, well, dear listener, I have brought to show Sarah in the studio this extraordinary clever device. You know, one of the wonderful things about capitalism is it always rises to the challenge. It finds a way. If there's a market, they'll find it. So I'm watching showing Sarah now is a plastic frame that some brilliant guys invented that fit any mask and what this frame does um, is it pulls the mask away from your lips and your nostrils but still keeps the seal around your face so 
there are that this is the most primitive version and we make these available to all our members we bought a whole set of them which of course we weren't planning on doing but anyway we, we decided to buy them and then some people also have invested in their own singers masks which are just a much more ramped up version of this um, but the idea is that you you can sing um, and not feel as if you're you're smothering yourself and you does know? it affect the sound uh, that that's coming out that the listener hears? yeah well, well, congratulations on being the thousandth person to ask me that. <laughs> I have to ask the obvious questions, too. <laughs> it's fine. Well, actually, you know, we remember with such fondness dear Sarah Brian Miller, the departed critic of the Post. And the one thing that Brian Miller used to always sort of say to me is, you be careful about those screechy sopranos. <laughs> And and she, poor thing, she would have loved this because what I noticed, and it's not what I was expecting, I noticed that the very top frequency, the overtones, which Brian used to think sometimes verged on screeching, we would disagree with that. But anyway, she would think that that's gone. <laughs> and what I thought would go would be the low bass frequencies, you know. Yeah. And they haven't gone. Huh. So... The physicist out there will be able to explain to me why that is. Yeah. But this is a more mellow sound. So, so is the solution uh, some of us who tend towards the screechy? We need to just be wearing masks even when the pandemic is over. This this is good for I'm happy the to audio. sell you a box of 50 if you're interested. <laughs> well, yeah. if anyone's interested in these masks, I do want to mention, we're going to take a photo of the one that, that Philip has brought as a prop here. We're going to post that on our St. Louis on the Air Facebook page after the show. Um, so, this yeah. is no prop. This is mine. Yeah, this I, I shouldn't say, yeah, this is no prop. It is an exhibit, as yep. they would say in the court. Yep. Um, but uh, look, I mean, you mentioned uh, Sarah Bryan Miller who mm. I, I know was just such a booster of your work, such a fan of your work, even though she was also a critic. Yeah. Um, and you guys even commissioned a piece for her. So you're coming yeah. back. You're going to be singing again in person. She's not going to be there. Is, is that sadness? Is that something that, that's, that's hard on your heart? Yes, yeah. quite frankly. I, I, and I'll be very um, honest and tell you, I didn't think it would be. I thought it would be very sad. We, we, you know, we obviously remember fondly, but actually, I do find myself thinking about her, and I hear her voice, as it were, in my head a lot. Mm -hmm. So she was an incredibly influential person in this area for the for good. And uh, actually, I will tell you one wonderful piece of news. This is looking way ahead, but hoping that we're all here. Um, not only did we commission a piece for her, which she got, she was alive to hear. Um, but also her estate, left, quite surprising, I didn't know this, left um, a bequest to us to commission a piece in her memory. Oh, wonderful. And so knowing what she espoused, which was young artists, emerging composers, women composers particularly, which is something we shared, um, we have actually commissioned a somebody that fits that bill and that commission is a major commission is slated for performance in uh, February 2023 so well, I'll probably come and pester you we'll have that. you come back at that point that is that is so exciting um, and I look forward to hearing more about that yeah. it's also exciting you're back yeah, um, yeah. and 
so you have a program here that I understand was partly inspired by the pandemic. <laughs> Tell me it's not all doom and gloom and plague. Oh, my gosh, no. It's the exact opposite. I kept thinking if if you had to be silent for 20 months or whatever, what would be the what would you want to hear the very first time you 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 know, risk it and go into a live situation. So the very first word that people will hear is Gloria. Mm. And they'll hear it several times, Gloria, Gloria, Gloria. And really the most famous um, Glorias of all time is by Vivaldi. And we don't normally perform with instruments, but this season, thinking about how we've all had to pull together and help one and get, help one another, I just thought, Let's let's do something different. So uh, five of the six concerts this season will involve instrumentalists in one form or another. There'll still be some of our signature unaccompanied singing, but basically, once you add instruments, you, you open a new door. And, mm-hmm. you, and Vivaldi's Gloria is one of uh, one of those pieces. Um, so. And I, I the other thing about Vivaldi's Glory is that a lot of people love it, and particularly because they may have done it at high school or college or heard it there. But what I always like to say to our choir is just imagine not sort of hearing something the way you remember it, but by hearing a tip-top choir do it. It's a bit like if you hear the national anthem and everyone's singing it at a ball game, and it has a nice mm. resonance to it. But then hear like the Mormon Tabernacle Choir sing it, and you know the hairs on the back of your neck stand on end. And I find that's what's happening with the Vivaldi. So I encourage anybody who loves Vivaldi, this is your chance to hear the Vivaldi Gloria. And I won't say sung as never before, but certainly sung in a way that I don't think just about anybody will have heard live. Wow, this is quite a sales pitch here. It's really very exciting. Yeah, I'm ready to go get my tickets just based on that. There you go. So that's one of the highlights. Uh, We have another minute here. Tell us just briefly, what are some of the other things people can look for? Vivaldi is particularly associated with Venice. And so uh, his precursor was Claudio Monteverdi, who's one of the greatest writers for the human voice. Uh, He's one of the fathers of opera, for example. So we're going to do a series of motets and madrigals by him that are very exciting. They're not the twee madrigals that people sort of imagine. And then finally, we'll we'll have this new piece from our former composer in residence. Somebody's gone on to great glory, or Gloria. Is uh, (laughs) there's a theme here? (laughs) Yeah, Melissa Dunphy. And I said to Melissa, I want you to write us a piece that is again not like anything else we've had before. I, I need it to be immediately. Uh, appealing and engaging. I need it to be melodic. I need it to be rich and warm. And I found this poem that I knew because I'd sung these words by Elgar when I used to live in England. We are the music makers and we are the dreamers of dreams. And I thought, well, gosh, if, if any words sum up what we're about, that's it. Mm-hmm. So I gave her those words and I said, here you go, write this for, for choir and piano this time. And so I can just say she has delivered. It's really wonderful. And she'll be here to hear it. Wow. Well, that's exciting. And this sounds like a great bill. Uh, Philip Barnes, Artistic Director of the St. Louis Chamber Chorus, I want to thank you for joining us today. You're welcome. Can I just say one quickly thing, and that is that you have to uh, look at our website for all the sort of COVID precautions. I was just going to send people there. Yeah. So that concert, this is this Sunday at 3 p.m. That's at Washington University's 560 Music Center. And yeah, you do want to check out those COVID precautions. Make sure you qualify and come ready. Uh, That's at chamberchorus.org. And that show again is We Are the music makers. Uh, Let's go out of the show with another piece that's on the bill this Sunday. Uh, This is Vivaldi's Gloria. This is in a version by the English Concert.
This episode was produced by Alex Hoyer with audio engineering by Aaron Dorr and production assistance from Jane Mather Glass. It was mixed and edited by Aaron. St. Louis on the Air is a production of St. Louis Public Radio. Understanding starts here. Do you find yourself regularly listening to episodes of St. Louis on the Air? Suggest us to a friend you think might enjoy our conversations. And leave us a review and rating on Apple Podcasts on the App Store. It's the simplest way to help people discover our show. Thanks. St. Louis Public Radio is a member-supported service of the University of Missouri-St. Louis. Support comes from the Missouri Forest Products Association, providing more than 41,000 jobs in the production of wood pallets, railroad ties, white oak barrels, hardwood floors, and more. Details at ChooseWood.com.